0: Welcome to the Ivy Church podcast. For more podcasts and information about Ivy Church, go to ivychurch.org. Hi, I'm really excited that today we're going to be bringing people into membership here at Ivy Church. Um, But before I do that, listen, I want to tell you about the most dangerous member in the church. Yeah, Uh, a guy called James, he told me about this um, most dangerous member in the body. It's the tongue, uh, it's part of the body. Put your tongue out and say, ah. You know, it's got 10,000 taste buds on there by the time you're an adult. When you're a child, you have less, which is one of the reasons why, perhaps sweets might be your preferred diet when you're younger. It's actually a combination of four muscles. So waggle it around a little bit. And like any other muscle, it's trainable. And James is gonna teach us today how to train your tongue so that it works God's way. Isn't it amazing that the Bible says this little thing in there can be so dangerous? How many, how many wars have been started as a war of words? In the Talmud, the rabbis said that the tongue is a sharpened arrow. The reason they said it's an arrow, not a sword, it's a lethal weapon but because you can do it at a distance. You see, it's so deadly. Physically speaking, of course, few places are more infested with bacteria than the human mouth. It's second only to your digestive and urinary tract in terms of how much uh, microbes of of bacteria there is in the saliva. Of course, many of them are good bacteria, but actually your, your urine is a thousand times cleaner than what's in your mouth. Okay, enjoy your coffee. While I now help us to think about spiritually what the Bible says and how it links the mouth and the words that are coming out of it to the heart, See, the opposite is also the case, that what's in our heart, Jesus says, comes out of our mouths. So the idea is that I asked Jesus to give me a new heart, and the proof of that is going to show on my tongue. Now, we're studying the book of James, and this subject will come up a lot for him. In fact, in every single chapter of the book of James, he says something about the tongue. But he gives us the most detail in this passage we're looking at today. James chapter 3. Now of course the Bible has lots more to say about our words and our mouth. The book of Proverbs says, Proverbs 18 21 says, life and death is in the power of the tongue. Let's just take a moment and see a few more things of what the Bible has to say so that you and me will watch our mouths. My beloved brothers and sisters, let every person be quick to hear, slow to speak and slow to become angry. For the anger of man does not produce the righteousness of God. There is one whose rash words are like sword thrusts, but the tongue of the wise brings healing. Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. When words are many, sin is not lacking, but whoever restrains his lips is prudent. A soft answer stirs away wrath, but a harsh word stirs with anger. Put crooked speech away from you, and put devious talk far from you. For out of the abundance of the heart the mouth speaks. The good person, out of his good treasure, brings forth good, and the evil person, out of his evil treasure, brings forth evil. I tell you, on the day of judgment people will give account for every careless word they speak, for by your words you will be justified. And by your words you will be condemned. Psalm 141 verse 3 Set a guard, O Lord, over my mouth, keep watch over the door of my lips. There are about a hundred and seventy thousand words in the English language according to the Oxford English Dictionary. However, according to The Guardian, the average um, speaker knows only about 300 words by the age of two and 12,000 by the age of 12. And most people stick around that. It's about the same number of words used in the average newspaper. University graduates may get up to double that. Shakespeare used 30,000 words, but then again, he made a lot up. So, whether you're a person who uses many words or few, you need to recognise, we need to recognise the power of our words. Have you ever noticed that just, just the same word but a different tone can change what's being said? Really? Like I can say, really? Or I can say, really? Or, really? I once heard it said, words are like nitroglycerine. They can blow up bridges or heal hearts. The way James talks about this is that we have two choices all the time with regard to our words, we can bless or curse. You you may be surprised to find the Bible talks a lot about that. Uh, There's over 600 times the Bible talks about blessings and curses, the power, whether they're written or whether they're spoken words. And these words are charged with supernatural power, either from God or from the enemy affecting individual lives and destinies. And they often continue from generation to generation, either as blessings or curses being passed down. So somebody experiencing a blessing or a curse might just find that wonderful things happen or terrible things are happening and they don't know where it comes from. And it actually is things that have been spoken over them even up to hundreds of years ago. See, God called Abraham and said, I'm going to bless you forever. And I'm going to bless you seven ways. I'm going to make you a great nation. I'm going to bless you and make your name great. And you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. I will curse those who curse you. And in you, all the families on earth will be blessed. What an incredible blessing. And it says that when he came to the end of his life on his deathbed, Abraham went to go and finish this life blessed in every way. Did you notice in the middle of that, that there was a curse on everybody who cursed him? That's part of the protection of the blessing of God that we come under. So we shouldn't live in fear of curses. We should be aware they can be broken, but at the same time, we can cooperate with them or we can actually even curse others or ourselves, just like with blessings. There are nations all around the world that would accept this without question. I've been to places in Haiti and and Kenya, India, but we we end up dismissing this because of our so-called civilized way of thinking. But actually, you probably don't need somebody else to curse you. Most of us end up doing a pretty good job of that ourselves. People do it all the time. When you feel low and you start to say, oh, what's the point of my life? I wish I was dead. I'm sick and tired. Well, those kind of negative words are actually a self-imposed curse, an open invitation. You see, you're calling down curses upon your life or death unintentionally, even as a Christian, even in prayer, yes, really, we can bless or we can curse in prayer. If we're praying controlling prayers over somebody, then then we can end up opening up the door for sickness or, or health, or, or mental uh, peace, or trouble, all these different ways that curses and blessings operate in our lives. But here's some good news, see the good news, well, the good news is always Jesus. In, in Galatians chapter three, verses 13 and 14, it says that our lives can be free of the power of every curse so that we can live under a blessing and be, be a blessing. It says that Jesus became a curse for us when he hung on the cross so that the blessing of Abraham, that same blessing might come upon those of us who receive the promise of the spirit by faith. So when you break out from the curses and and God then starts to release you into the power of being a blessing, to bless other people, to heal, not wound, to encourage, not discourage, to to lift up, not criticise, you realise how much power there is in your words. So what's coming out of your mouth? Or your fingers on your on your keypad or, or on your phone, and just review the past a little while and think: Have I been building up or burning down? Has it been fresh water, and it's refreshing to other people, or has it been salty water instead? Now, James says, people like me who are teachers of the Bible need to um, be aware that we're going to be, have a stricter judgment. So I'm going to keep it short today uh, and just pick out a few of the symbols that he talks about to help us. He says, watch out, because the tongue can direct your life, first of all, like, like a, a rudder or a bit in the mouth of a horse. You've seen that p- piece of metal in the mouth, in a, in a huge, I remember police horses, huge horses, but that piece of metal directs them everywhere. Or, or a rudder on a ship. You see, our words direct our lives or, or they can wreck our lives. You, you, might, you might say it's, uh, well, somebody said, what's the best way to marry, bury a marriage is lots of little digs. How many churches split because somebody couldn't contain their criticism or their gossip? And and oh, uh, think before you 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 send that reply all email to somebody. It can ruin your career. It can ruin relationships for good. See, we can't judge, we can't, we can't decide which way the wind's blowing our lives, but we can decide the rudder and the way that we steer our lives. And he says the tongue is a big part of that. He says the tongue can destroy really quickly a relationship, a, it can divide a church or a nation or an organisation. Just think about those fires. He talked about fires in Australia. Millions of acres destroyed, 3,000 homes, 33 people died. Think about a heated exchange, we call it, the damage that can do. Psalm 140 verse 3 says, Evil people make their tongues as sharp as a serpent's; The poison of vipers is on their lips. Wow. He says that the tongue is a fire, a world of iniquity. The word world there is cosmos. It's a created system it's talking about where we end up pulling together a whole new world, a polluted world that can destroy a friendship, devastate a family, uh, discredit leadership and and cause doubt and fear. And really quickly, if you get pulled into that world, everything changes. That's why he says we have to be wise and to decide in every circumstances what we're going to say. And people will know you by how you talk. Will we bless or will we curse? God says, He's had it when we're praising him, but at the same time we're abusing other people, or flirting, or gossip, or, or, or slandering, or criticising, or making promises we never intend to keep. He said it, it's that's the wrong fruit. It's bad water. Blech. You know, he says nobody can tame the tongue. We've seen lions being tamed. You, could, you know, I remember seeing somebody put their head once in the in the lion's mouth. But what about our mouths? The more we, we we have struggled with this. The more we need to decide, I'm gonna bless God more. And and I think that changes something on the inside. If I keep blessing God, it changes my, my the water in here from salty to spring water, it's refreshing. The, the, the Jewish people would pray uh, three times a day. They pray 18 prayers and every single one of them finished with blessings. Next week, the church celebrates Pentecost when the Holy Spirit came with tongues of fire from heaven to save the whole world and set it ablaze with love for Jesus Christ. That's what church is all about. And so what I can suggest this week, perhaps, I'm trying to tame my tongue. In order to do that, I wanna practice. I have some practices I will need to do in order to exercise my tongue right and to mature in this too. I need the Holy Spirit's water to flow over this tongue and wash my mouth out. Because there's so much to be negative about about in the world right now, isn't there? And, you know, really do I need to add into that? The antidote to the poison that he talks about, the viper's poison, the way the church has tried to deal with this over the years is... Number one, silence. Learning to be quiet. Not to have to have the first word or the last word. See, it's it's hard for me. I'm a talker. But the Bible says where words... Are many, sin is not absent, and there's so many things not about you, but I wish I'd never said them. Now, some of you, it's easier for you to keep quiet than others, but I actually maybe you need to be better at releasing a blessing, speaking out that praise or encouragement rather than holding it in. Whichever way it is for you, the words that you speak can help and steer somebody else's destiny into the blessings of God. If we choose this week to become blessed and a blesser. Thanks for listening. For more podcasts go to ivychurch.org/media.